0: Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church and Pastor Keith Radke of River Community Church in Utah Valley, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation.
1: And thank you for joining us on this first episode of Shouts of Grace. I am Pastor Keith Radke and I'm joined by Pastor Steve Pearson. This is pretty cool, man. This yeah. is the first show.
2: Isn't it? This is awesome. I love it. I love it. We've been we've been thinking about this for a little bit and and kind of putting everything together and and just the idea of of this idea of shouts of grace and, and, and what that really means, um, just as a Christian you know and, and, and how grace plays into our everyday life and so i 'm excited to be able to 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 tackle this show. In a way where we bring the grace of God into everything, because I really think that that in our lives that that is the case. God's mm-hmm. grace kind of permeates every part of our lives if we allow it, and, and it just it allows for for great conversation. So I'm excited. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see what see what God wants to do with this. So. Yeah, I am too.
1: Well, we're talking today about a foundation of grace, and Zechariah 4:7 uh, will be our verse. But before we get to that, I think it's important for us to kind of dissect a little bit what true biblical grace is. I know for me as a Christian, I struggle with the issue of grace. I grew up in a Christian home. Mm. I grew up going to church. There were things that you had to do. There were things that um, were required of you, you know, kind of culturally in the church. And it's easy to believe the scripture that says, by grace you've been saved through faith and mm. not of ourselves, but we have a hard time carrying that grace into our Christian walk. Um, So maybe for those of us who are listening who are saying, yeah, I get that, you know, grace is not—it's easier to talk about than it is to kind of live by and and receive for yourself. How do we go back to the basics of grace? When we're talking about a foundation of grace, what is that? What does the word mean, and and what are we supposed to do about
2: it? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people, particularly as Christians, you know, they they view grace, or I should say we view grace a lot of times—I like to kind of— kind of look at it like a salt shaker, right? It's like, okay, as Christians, we mess up and then we kind of grab the gr- the grace shaker <laughs> and we just kind of throw a little bit of grace on on our sin and hey, we're 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 covered by grace. But but that's really not a good a good picture of what it is, right? I mean, grace is not a salt shaker. It really is a river. It's mm-hmm. it's something that you live in and it takes you through life. And and when you understand it that way, you you kind of avoid the frustration of constantly picking up the salt shaker and salting your life with grace because you're constantly sinning right but when you understand that that grace is by definition unmerited favor it's 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 you being put into a place with Christ that I didn't deserve, that you didn't deserve, and that life is secure. And now that grace is the river, that unmerited favor is the river that carries me through life. And, and, and being forgiven of particular sins along the way or of all sins along the way is a byproduct of that. But really, there's so much more than, than it's, it's just living with this assurity in this sense that Jesus has covered me from beginning to end, right? From the day that he chose me um, all the way to the day that he'll perfect me.
1: So the grace comes to us at the beginning. We respond by faith. We receive the gift. And we have to continue to receive the gift. And continue letting the grace flow. <laughs> I like right. that analogy of the salt shaker, because how many times am I reaching into the cabinet saying, okay, That's right. I need some grace today because I've really messed up.
2: That's right. And and, and, I think, and I think a good place to start, since since we're calling the show Shouts of Grace, I think a good place to start is kind of where we where we drew that from, hmm. right? And, and it's 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 in the book of Zechariah in chapter four. Um and, and it starts really, I guess you could start in verse six, where he says, Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel Zerubbabel not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts, who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain, and he shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace to it grace. And so... The idea here is, is it's, it's, it's a really interesting time when this was written because the, the, the captives are coming back from Babylon. There's this first wave that kind of comes back, right? And, 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 uh, Zechariah and Haggai are kind of in that group, right? They're kind of the, the encouragement from the prophetic ministry side. And, and when they arrive in Jerusalem, they see the ruins of, of what had taken place uh, years earlier when Nebuchadnezzar had come had come through and just d- destroyed the temple, right? And and so they've got this mountain of rubble in front of them. And 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 I love what he says here when he says, you know, who are you, O great mountain? You know, before Zerubbabel, you'll become a plain, right? And so the idea is they're saying, listen, the task in front of us is so massive, but God is going to clean this up. And then as they lay the foundation of this new temple, when they come. To the capstone, it says that they bring out the capstone with shouts of grace, grace. And what I love about that is it really is a great picture. What would be built? upon this foundation, the temple of God, right? Everything would be built on the foundation of grace. Mm. And I love that look when you look at our lives because God is really essentially saying the same thing, Keith. He's saying, hey, listen, you know, what I build, I don't build on anything other than the foundation of
1: grace. Right. You know, Steve, one of the things I'm, I'm, it's coming to my mind right now is how often we relegate grace as a New Testament value. Hmm. a New Testament doctrine, right? Hmm. And yet here in Zechariah with this dude named Zerubbabel, I mean, what did he do to deserve that name? Right. But Zerubbabel <laughs> is is being told grace, right? Grace is the foundation. You go back to the book of Genesis, the first time grace is mentioned, it says that Noah found grace in the eyes of That's the Lord. Right. Like grace is a biblical doctrine. It is beginning to end doctrine. and And, and a, a story like this really helps us to see that God has always been gracious. He's always been about extending grace to those he's created.
2: That's right, that's right. And and, and the thing I like about this too is is you know, when you go into the New Testament, it, it talks about us being the temple of of the living God, right? And and so how does God build a life, right? Mm-hmm. What where does God start? I mean, having coming from a having come from a construction background, you know, there's there's phases to construction, right? And 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 you can't you can't start putting walls up and you can't start putting electrical in if 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 you don't have the foundation built. And and I like what the apostle Paul says, I believe it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, when he's talking about a foundation that's laid. He says there's no other foundation other than Jesus Christ, right? And then he talks about building upon that foundation. And what is just beautiful about that is God has laid the foundation of Christ. There is your grace. There is your unmerited favor. And now Paul encourages us, now build on that and Hmm. be careful about how you build. And so I I think when you look at it like that, Keith, that, that what we do as Christians all has this undertone, it all has this undercurrent, it has this foundation where everything sits on the work of Christ. Now that doesn't mean that it's sloppy agape and we do whatever we want, right? It doesn't mean that we can go through life and and, and just kind of live however we want. It just means that what we build always is built upon Christ's work first. He's the cornerstone. He's the capstone. He's the
1: foundation. Hmm. And we build on that. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 3.10, Paul says, according to the grace of God given to me, I laid a foundation, and that is Jesus Christ. How do we deal with that Whole debate and that 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 struggle that we do have with grace. See, we don't we don't just keep on sinning because grace is abounding, right? Paul would say that <laughs> in Romans. You know, as a Christian, we we can deal with the guilt, right? That's oh, right. Man, I messed up again. Is there enough grace for me? You know, he's he's talking, I think, about uh, uh, an attitude of the heart when it comes to grace. Am mm-hmm. I am I humble and grateful for the grace that I've been given? And and when I sin, I see it for what it is and I deal with it. You know, appropriately, or am I flaunting the grace? Am mm-hmm. I running through uh, life just doing whatever I want and whatever I feel? Uh, that distinction—it seems like it's easy to make, but we yeah. still struggle with it. How, how, do, how do you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> deal with this 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 area where grace is just overflowing? So, so what do I do about <laughs> my sin and? Well, I'll, I'll
2: tell you this, you know, that when you first come to Christ and, – and, and, and you've experienced this as well – when you first come to Christ – you you use the terms, but you don't understand the depths of the meaning, right? And so we say, "Oh yeah, I'm saved by grace," but yet you work your tail off to be this 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 righteous holy person. Which which of course righteousness and holiness is something that that we all strive for. God said, "You know, be holy as I am holy." That's that's not a question, but but you don't have the right understanding of it, and so you're thinking, "Okay, I, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this." But what happens? as you start to live your life and you walk with Christ and 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 time kind of goes on you start to realize how much of a sinner you are you start to see the depths of your depravity right and you start to realize mm-hmm. what, what what the true meaning of grace is as it applies to your own life right and so i think it i think from from the time you start your walk of faith it starts to kind of it starts to kind of change a little bit as you go on and you see how god keeps pulling you in and it keeps right. keeps walking with you, you know so so I think time is is one of those things that that kind of helps you deal with the right understanding of grace, but then you know what, Keith, the other thing is the closer I get to the cross, right, the more I look at what this man did for me. Right? I cannot help but Mm -hmm. understand what it means for Christ to attribute his righteousness to me. I mean, it just, it starts becoming very clear that he did not do anything to deserve what was done to him, but that I am a recipient of all that God's, all that God has and all of his riches. Explain to me how you think you deserve that. Right You know what i mean so so i I, I think what happens um, is is a lot of times we, we get into this, um, we, we get into this mindset that i 'm saved by grace, everybody believes that oh yeah we can 't earn that right. But then we kick into this sanctification thing, right? And we think, okay, now is where we really put it in. You know, we put it in the effort and we really, the problem is this is the phase we're living in now, right? Where, where if, if I'm not, if I'm saved by grace, but I'm not sanctified by the same grace, I will actually produce in myself a self-righteousness because when I am obeying God, I'm going to think, oh, look at me, I'm the man. But when I'm not obeying God, I'm going to have a hard time.
0: You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airways with good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation.
1: self righteousness is quite a trap because we can build up in our minds using scripture of what makes me acceptable to God, holy to God and always revolves around things like what I've done today, what what I've stayed away from today and it's most of the time in comparison to another person. It's like mm-hmm. that man who says, "Thank God I'm not like that sinner," right? You know, we sit here and we compare ourselves to other classes of sinners. That's right. And we're not, we're not in that place, if we're in grace, to compare ourselves to other people. We're in a place to say, wow, except for the grace of God, go I.
2: That's right. You know, think of, think of people like like Rahab, mm-hmm. right? I mean, here's, here's a prostitute right i mean now grace certainly applies to to good people right i mean if you're if you're listening and you're a, you're you're a good moral person then then you can think oh yeah well of course i'm saved by grace but 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 how how bad or i should say how far does a person have to be um until that grace stops stops being extended to them extended to them and and their life circumstances right i think of romans 5:20 it says where sin abounded grace abounded much more Right? And so the idea is listen, it's not that I just sin, like you said in Romans 6, so that grace may abound, right? God said, God forbid, how can you, which are dead to that sin, live in it any longer, right? Mm. The whole idea is as a Christian, where my sin abounds, I will never be able to out-sin the grace of God because I'm covered by what Christ has done, you know? And so I look at people like Rahab, you know, or you look at people like maybe we have some listeners that have really, really sinned greatly in the eyes of the world, like some of the worst things you can imagine. And Keith, you've been a pastor for a while. This is one of the heartbreaking um questions that you get asked that you just wanna you wanna grab the person and pull them in as they say, Can God love a person like me? Right. That's 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 a that's a that's a good heart in the sense that you understand the depths of your sin before God, but the good news is there is a grace that covers that as well.
1: Yeah, Jesus would say the blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. You see that he's looking for that that poverty that's of right. spirit where I realize I I am so wretched. Could God love me? And of course, the the, ans- the answer, the shout of grace is absolutely <laughs> yes. It, it makes me think of our of our um, key verse here in Zechariah four seven. You know, you're talking about the rubble that is uh, you know Jerusalem and the house of the Lord, and and Zerubbabel is being told by the Lord that I'm gonna I'm gonna rebuild you. I'm gonna rebuild this people. Um By my spirit, right, that's right. the people are not going to get the credit. God is going to get the credit, and it begins with this stone of grace. Everybody's dealing with rubble, everybody's dealing with brokenness in their life, and I think that's where grace becomes so much more tangible, yeah. you know, parenting that's just not working out, a marriage that's falling apart or maybe it's just destroyed. You know, you've, you, your reputation has been destroyed because of a lack of, of character, because of compromise, and and, and all of us, in one way or another, we've got some damage in our life. We've got some rubble in our life, and this message is saying that in the rubble, God is bringing his grace. In the rubble, he's rebuilding lives from the ground up. What, what do you think about that, Steve? That's a great—that's actually
2: a great point, and I think, you know, grace— if If grace is kept strictly in the theological world and it 's not made practical it 's not going to help a whole lot of people. We can sit mm. back and talk about theology but but how unless that theology is brought into your life and, and it 's out and it 's worked out in the trenches right then, then then what does that really mean and so that 's a great point because. You are right. You know that that there was a mountain of rubble. In fact, you know after after Zechariah um, and Zerubbabel and, and Haggai, you'll you'll have um, you'll, you'll ultimately have um, Nehemiah that will come in, right? And there's something very interesting in the book of Nehemiah when he comes in to actually build the walls. Um, it says that 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 as they were building the walls that the rubble was so great that the enemy was actually hiding in the rubble while they were doing the work and and so there there's a great picture there in the fact that that sometimes even our our, our life is such a mess we can't even see where the devil is hiding because mm-hmm. there is such a mess and and this is where i think grace is even more applicable because god holds back god shows us favor in not allowing the enemy to to just dump on us while god is helping clean up the mess right and so uh-huh. so i think grace grace is, is the most applicable part of 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 our salvific experience because it really puts everything on God, you know. Now, the, obviously, when I say that, I'm not saying that the responsibility to live holy is not ours, but the the, the, the responsibility to keep us, the responsibility, as Jude would say, to present us faultless on that day, hmm. all of that belongs to God, it and does. that is all grace. So I don't have to to hold myself up in this life and think that I've got to live this this perfect, magnificent life in order. Order for God
1: to accept me. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, the beginning part of Hebrews 12, where it says that Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. Mm-hmm. You know, we trust him for the beginning. Do I trust him for the end? Do I trust him for the grace to finish the course that he set before us? And and that this is where we need grace the most. We need that grace on a day-by-day basis to be able to say, you started this, God. You're going to finish this, Lord. What is that? Philippians one six. I, I, I hate to bring out all the cliche verses, but they no. work. You know, he who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete us. And that is where grace really unfolds in a tangible way, because hmm. I can accept that God is still working on me. Where I messed up today, or I just didn't—I just wasn't all. I didn't—I didn't evangelize enough people. I, I don't have enough converts, right? I invited somebody to church, you know, three months ago, and they still haven't shown up. You know, those <laughs> are the kind of things that even—even even good, healthy Christians, if they're honest, are, are struggling with. That's because, right. I, am I doing enough? Maybe the short answer is no. You're not doing enough, and you're right. never going to do enough. That's right, and that's okay. That's you right. You know, we've been given the grace, like Paul. Uh, You quoted him in 1 Corinthians. Paul says, it's because of the grace of God that I've been given, I begin to build on the foundation. I begin to Mm. set, you know, the the tone in the church and in my discipleship and in my evangelism that it's about Jesus first. It begins with Jesus, it ends with Jesus, and that's all I have to give.
2: Yeah. You, You know, Keith, think of it this way. If not by grace, then think of the alternative, and it's haunting, Okay. If God does not save me by grace and I have some sort of part in that i'm going to i'm I'm going to really put my best foot forward i'm going to try and live this righteous and holy life then at what point do my works and my efforts become good enough to where God deems me saved at what point right if if I'm working and i'm working but there it's not grace. Is there anything for us that defines when that righteousness of mine, when that goodness of mine, when that effort of mine has reached a level where God would say, okay, you've crossed the line, now you're saved. And then if so, let me ask you this, what happens if we actually have a fallback? What happens if, if we go through a rough day or a rough week, which of course none of us ever do, or a rough no, month, no, right? Not, not and, <laughs> and that righteous, those righteous deeds <laughs> or those works dip below the line, right. what then I mean, let me ask you: What kind of life does that produce for a person?
1: Well, I think it produces a life of guilt, uh, a pressure a pressure that's insurmountable because we're looking at this like the justice scale. You know, we're looking for balance, um, and and then we're comparing. You know. Our good works against our bad works where we fell short and the scale starts to tip and it gets real heavy. So now we're stacking stuff on the other way. And then we're thinking, okay, well, wait a minute. Is it supposed to be in balance or should my righteousness be heavier than my sin? And uh, how can anybody even live with that? Like every day, like you're keeping a record, but what if you forgot something? What if you uh, committed the sin of omission where you didn't do something that you were supposed to but you didn't know you were supposed to do it? Hey, uh, you know, it's like it's yeah. it's. like it's, there's no Groundhog Day. There's no starting over, you know, <laughs> uh, with a brand new day every day if grace is not a part of the equation.
2: That's right. And, and in addition to just a life of guilt— I would say, kind of kind of stepping off of what you said and, and kind of alluded to is a life of frustration hmm. you know i mean think about think about how how i mean every, every one of us has done well where where we 've had those good, those holy days and we feel really good we 're like, oh yes. But then we have the the valley experience where we blow it, you know, and then we go down into the into the valley and it's like, imagine the frustration of of thinking one day, it's kind of like golf. Like I love golf and I hate it because I'll, I'll go out and I'll go golfing and I'll have this, this great round and I think I finally got over the hump. I finally learned how to, to putt and got all three of my games, my middle game, my driving game and my putting game all at the same time and I'm doing this and then I go and I spend another $40 two days later and I'm right back down to where I've always been, it's the most frustrating thing in the world, and I just drop the clubs. I don't ever want to play this game again. Mm. That's what happens in real life with Christianity. Is yeah. when people live that way, Keith, they, they they get so frustrated that they're not able to to make par, right? They're bogey and double bogey, triple bogey in, in, in the life of faith that they just want to throw the clubs down, so to speak, and just walk away and say, "I, I can't do this." I who can who can live this life? And then they it's so easily default back to the old man.
1: Wow. So for all those golfers out there, you have just gotten the perfect illustration for what grace isn't. Well, as we wrap up today's show, Pastor Steve, uh, how can we just kind of drive home the importance of setting that foundation of grace in our lives? Well, I'll say this. Um, If I constantly look
2: at what God has done and what Christ has done for me, and I live at the foot of the cross, right— I will be forced to look at two things. Number one, the sacrifice of an innocent person on my behalf. And number two, why he had to do it. And I will be forced to look at my depravity. And I challenge any listener, look at your heart and look at who you are as a sinner. And you will see that there is no way you ever deserve anything that Christ did for you. And so my encouragement would be look at Jesus Look at yourself and realize that God has done that work, and he has paid a price that
1: he didn't owe hmm. because you owed a debt you couldn't pay. That's great. Jesus is the, the embodiment of grace, the grace that God gives to each one of us each day. Well, we've about run out of time for today's show. This is the first show of Shouts of Grace, and we'd love, love to it. hear from you, and uh, we'll give you a way to get in touch with us here at the conclusion of our program. Well, Pastor Steve... That was fun. Let's do it again. Let's do it again next week. All right.
0: (laughs) Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. That's ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. At ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve and Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church and River Community Church, both located in Utah Valley, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.